Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 398. My name is Eric Nielsen, and with me today, I have no co-host, but I do have joining us uh, on the show today, Tony Dunn. He's our chief social media architect, and he has been at VMware almost 16 years now, so he's done almost all the VMworlds. thought we would have him on today and talk about VMworld's past, present, and future. So, Tony, uh, thanks for joining me on this special edition uh, Friday at 10 a.m. Thanks for being on the call. Yeah, thank you very much, Eric. I feel special to be here at a special time and being a Friday, too. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, we, uh, we have a rule at VMware that everybody has to get their vacations in uh, in July because in August everybody's on deck to deal with VMworld. And so, this Wednesday, we actually had a vacation, so we're just recording this one a few days late just to make sure we get them, and what a better topic to cover than, than VMworld, right? Oh, VMworld, VMworld, yeah, as we, as we, aka internally, call it momentum season. I think everyone has yeah. that, whether you're building your own sessions or building your schedules or just listening, it's pretty much the same. It's not a typical vacation summer unless you plan that ahead of time, but it's yep, uh, that's right. time of year. Yeah, yeah. it is, it is. It's, I'm getting excited, actually. There's a lot of stuff going on at VMworld this year um, with the three different product areas now and maybe even fourth or fifth product area, depending on how you define it. Uh, there's just so much going on, right? I think it's going to be hard to uh, absorb all the things that are happening at VMworld this year if you're you know, the expert or anyone else that's pretty serious around all the technologies. So you're going to have your hands full. Yeah, this, is a, um, this, this is a epic show. I mean, it's something year over year we talk about the excitement levels and we feel it right around this time of year because, you know, you get immersed in the planning and then that excitement kind of, uh, you know, gets, gets lost in all the planning because you're just so busy behind the scenes and it's really tactical. But the excitement's right. there this year. Just like every year, it creeps up on you and it's exciting for us as well internally as everyone else getting excited for the show. So definitely momentum yep. again. All right, so before we get into yeah, the guts of the show, which is VMworld past, present, and future, which should be fun, let me just talk a little bit about news. I only have a couple items here. One, Schedule Builder is live. So if you haven't been in Schedule Builder, you're, you're late. You need to get over there and find some sessions. A lot of great sessions out there. Even the VMTN sessions are in Schedule Builder this year. Uh, I think about 110 sessions are in there. There are quick talks in the VMTN booth. 15 to 30 minute talks by community members. So great, interesting subjects going on. Uh, get over to Schedule Builder, figure out your schedule, register it. Second thing is the hackathon is big this year. We're going to have four different tracks. Uh, we're going to talk about that next week on the show. Uh, those four tracks are interesting, Power CLI uh, to uh, Amazon Echo coding to connect to vSphere to a couple other tracks. So we're going to have track education sessions. So you go and you sign up for the education session, which is an hour and a half long, taught by an expert who knows all about that type of code. They have a code base that you can start with, uh, and then they'll teach you how to extend that code base. You can get it off GitHub. Uh, then the hackathon will then start, go from 8 p.m. till um, midnight on that, that Monday. So should be really fun. We're looking for 150 people. That's 10, 10 teams of 15 people each in the hackathon. 
or you could just come back, uh, sign up for what we, we have another session that runs concurrently, which is just come eat food and be an audience and, and, and hang out with everybody that's doing this. So you can either be in the hackathon, get on a team, or you can register for just the general come show up uh, and get good food and hang out with everybody. So that should be interesting. We're going to be giving away Amazon Echoes during that event. Um, so if you've got nothing to do on Monday, or even if you don't, you are busy on Monday, come by and say hello to everybody at the hackathon. Book your VM World Europe. If you're going to go to Europe, uh, now's the time. Remember, it's only a week after VM World US. So um, Reg is open. Hotels are starting to fill up. If you're going to come to Europe, now's the time to go register for Europe. Get that set up. And then finally, the last news item I have is VXpert party registration is going live today. It's at the Pinball Machine Museum in the U.S., and it's somewhere in Europe. I don't. It's I think it's a it's some kind of restaurant that we're taking over inside and outside. So that one I don't think the reg is up for Europe yet, but the reg is going live for U.S. and the Pinball Machine should be great. Got to be indoor, outdoor, with outdoor food trucks, um, five or six food trucks plus some entertainment. So it should be pretty cool. Uh, and I know we did. Ask Pat to come. I'm not sure we've got confirmation on that yet. So VMworld's busy. Get regged. Get signed up. Uh, and then t Tony, we'll talk about this, but I'll just mention it as well. The gathering page went live. The infamous gathering page. It's on our blog, um, blogs.vmworld.com/vmworld. Click on the social tab, and you can get down and find a doc, a Google doc that lists all of the external events that are going on at VMworld. And I think there are somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 40 or 50 entries in there so far. So lots of things happening. So go check that out, and we'll talk a little bit about that on the show. That's what I have for news. If anyone else has uh, the news, somebody on the chat asked, what's the deal with quarters for the pinball machine? Everybody gets, I think, $10 for the quarters, so it comes with that. So um, you should have plenty of quarters to play pinball. Uh, so we're going to cover that expense. We don't maybe know how we many quarters to give everybody. Uh, maybe we should have some pinball wizard playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting venue, let's put it that way. It's kind of warehousey. It's not like an elegant, like the Mob Museum last year the, was really elegant and beautiful. This is more like warehouse with a bazillion pinball machines in it, and then uh, and then outside, inside, we're going to have food trucks and such, and some entertainment with a stage. Uh, so it, it should be kind of cool, uh, but it's also, you know, I don't want to say grunge, but it's, uh, you know, it's pinball, right? So um, yeah, we'll see how hey, that goes. It should be uh, fun. I think it's fascinating. We've had uh, I know the experts are always looking for something unique experience and last year we had the mob museum if everyone remembers that that was really fantastic yeah. and then pinball museum and this is this is pretty epic uh, little unique experience yeah. especially in the midst of yeah theater. so you know I, i'm old school so I, i'm looking forward to finding a couple of the my old favorite pinball machines there i have a couple that i played in my youth uh, that were kind of important so i'm hoping to find some of those old pinball machines there so if you're not a v expert you're probably late because Nominations have closed. Uh, Corey's busy uh, doing the voting on the experts for this, this half a year. I know they're going to have that ready to announce. So um, you're probably late to get to the VExpert parties for VMworld this year if you're not already a VExpert. Um, but 
we run applications every six months, so get it. Go ahead and do that. Looking forward to that. That's all I have on the news. Anybody else have any news before we move on? I see Katie is on the call. I know Katie, the VMTN sessions are about 70% full, so you still have some sessions that have some capacity. Yeah, and within those sessions, um, the sessions, some sessions that need some love are the VMR Code Hackathon sessions. I encourage everyone to go check that out. It's room for 150 people, and there's going to be up to 20 teams competing um, in the hackathons. It's going to be really exciting on Monday night. Um, go check out those sessions. I believe they're VMTN 6723 and 6722. But don't yeah. quote me on that. And just to get you excited about it, um, I can't see why the Alexa, uh, the Amazon Echo Alexa uh, coding thing wouldn't be full because we're going to be giving away 50 Amazon Alexas and you can basically hack those things. Even if you're not an extreme coder, you can go in and make uh, Alexa talk to your, v, your your ESX host and control VMs. And it's pretty interesting with vRealize automation how you can just say, Alexa, set up a web server, and it's going to go off. Alexa goes and sets off a web server, right? Calls a, a deployment template, and the next thing you know, you have a web server there. Uh, so pretty slick stuff. Uh, I know that we've had some people working on it internally here, and i got to say it's pretty neat. So if you haven't... If you haven't decided on the fence for the hackathon on Monday night, um, I would suggest you go look at that that track itself because that's going to be pretty cool. Also, All right. just one Thanks. other quick note. Um, I've been getting some feedback from people that the VMTN Tech Talks are reaching max capacity, but they want to register. And I just want to let everyone know there is standing room available. So if you didn't register for a Tech Talk that you wanted to see, still come by the booth, still put it in your calendar. Um, Tons of standing room. The problem with that, I think that they might be saying, is that once the once the 50 seats fill up, you can't register for it, which means you can't put it in your calendar. So unless yeah. you were uh, able to go in the tool and add, you know, more seats or some overflow capacity, I don't think it's possible for you to reg once it's filled up. Yeah, let me take a look at that. You can still favorite it, um, which puts it you know, somewhere in your app there you can go take a look. Uh, but we can definitely look at expanding max capacity for those. Yeah, I don't know if they, I don't know how they do that, but that's, I think, what people are probably giving us feedback on. So thanks for people that give us that feedback. Uh, we do have standing room, as you point out, but you're going to have to somehow mark it in your calendar because you can't reg for it once it's hit capacity. All right. Yeah, and, so, and you know, Eric, one one thing one thing just to add to um, is not so much news related, but everyone's starting to promote sessions, and here we're talking about the tech talks quite a bit. I know, and there's you know 300 sessions. Uh, I mean, 300 potential other sessions. So you know, what what's interesting is just getting people um, they're coming through and blogging about their sessions and things like that. So promotion of your sessions, everyone's looking for ways to do that. So one thing just to keep aware is like if you go to blogs.vmware.com, we have kind of an aggregated feed of everyone's community blog. So you'll see a lot of things coming through. A lot of people are doing roll-ups of their sessions, top sessions to attend in this topic area, or this topic area, and these tracks. It's great to see that coming from the community. So we really endorse you know, putting out those, uh, especially from our influencers and, and bloggers, to put out promotions for those blogs and recommended um, blog tracks and how to kind of thread your way through the show. 
Um, there are a couple things that can help. Um, you can make sure if you're using either, whether it's on Twitter, you can use the hashtag VMworld. There's also session hashtags. Um, so we're introducing that again this year with the session ID is actually the hashtag. So that gives you kind of a unique identifier. If you want to call out you know, something that you're doing around a specific session, uh, there is a session hashtag you can use for promotion. And then again, the amplification is the VMworld hashtag. And then just, just blogs, videos, um, everything. Even people are, are starting to get into Instagram and everything. So there's lots of ways to promote. We do listen and pick up on some of that and amplify it. But for the most part, we're letting the community um, you know, kind of work their way through that. So as, uh, as we're working through our tech talks and really filling up our sessions, I know there's a, a million other efforts out there to fill up all sessions. So please, uh, please promote away and uh, help each other out. You know, it's about the community working together on that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Well, we're quarter at 15 minutes into the show, so let's get to the main event here, Tony, with VMworld History with Tony Dunn. Tony, um, why don't you, for new users who might not know who you are, why don't you give us an introduction? Who are you? How long have you been at uh, VMware? And what positions have you held? And what are you doing now? Oh, thanks, Eric. Um, yeah, so why am I here? <laughs> It's a good question. Uh, it's, it makes perfect sense in this scenario. First of all, I'm, I love the community, and that's where we are right now. But there's been a long journey to get here. So I started at VMware back in 2000. So for those who want to count back, that's 16-plus years here. So I'm just reached over 16 years, quite a, uh internal mark here at VMware. But those years have gone by really fast. And with that has been a, what I call an evolution of time. I mean, we've gone from the early days, pre-VMworld, of course, um, and that was startup days, startup days that in some way still persist today in, in the back room and some of the planning. But, I mean, it's a whole different company these days. So my background, um, you know, I started out, I came in from, I worked in the, in the side of hardware and software. Um, you know, I won't go through all the companies, but this is, you know, previous to my 16 years working for other large, whether competitors or other names out there has been quite a bit of a journey. I was hopping, hopping as a consultant. Um, was really involved, and I moved over to the web space. Um, so I was involved early so, on with it. If some of you remember. Go ahead. So in the early days then, you know, you out of college, because you're not that old, right? Um, you played Thank the you. Silicon Valley startup game and, and played in the, the Bay Area moving company to company. That's what I get the impression is that, you know, in the early days you were in the rough and tumble of Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, I was. I was right there in the pre, pre-billion dollar days. I worked at Cisco. I worked at HP. I worked at Seagate. I worked um, across, I mean, so I could just go on. There's, there was probably a dozen companies that I consulted with, um, did onboarding of, you know, whether it was legacy ERP systems and IT and getting involved hands-on was the way I came in. And then I got over to the website. I started working. I did a long gig at um, Netscape. So I planned it and working with that early days. I learned a lot of what's come into VMware and our web technology full circle um, from that. There was a lot of leading edge stuff at Netscape and I worked at AltaVista and a little bit early days consulting with some Google reps before Google was what it was. So, I mean, I did play the shuffle with Silicon Valley, um, pretty much always out here on the West Coast, and then moved into a little place across the street from AltaVista called VMware one day. Um, got a call, met with a few developers. I was using Workstation, which was an early product I was doing online, you know, basically doing running Windows and and trying to, you know, I think that was the Linux. I think yeah. that was back then. That was the only product, and I think our first product, right back in, I think 1996 or 97 is when we released Workstation. So you were early adopter. Early, early days there. Yeah. In fact, we were prepping new products in the server virtualization space, um, and that was when I started up. So 
it was early on. It was test dev. It was everything. Was I was working with the QA team because that was our customer. It was the QA and test dev. Um, there was even some developers back then. Obviously, I was doing code development, put, you know, bringing up LAMP stack and doing all those web development, kind of just get, getting out there and trying to really figure out how does this VMware tool fit into the mold and is there enterprise availability here? And so as we got out there, and I mean, I actually interviewed with Diane Green. So it was, it was interesting back then meeting with the executive staff. They had, they had kind of a hands-on approach. You know, let's all sit down talk about the week. Let's eat pizza every other day. Um, and really kind of, you know, a tribe of, of execs mixing with the R&D. And marketing was, didn't really exist in those days. It was just a few of us. Um, and we blended in, and we kind of came up with a lot of brand-new concepts. I mean, there would be naming conventions. It was very, very simple, but very customer-oriented. And that's something about VMware that's never changed. You know, I mean, there's been decisions made where we've had to go back and listen to the customer more. But we've always been customer. And so we sat around, even in the early days, and said, like, how is this going to really stick? Well, is this going to resonate and really get a footprint into our customer base? Because that's, that's who went out and became our community at first. There was no online. There was no Twitter. There was no community. There was... You know, community was working with customer stories internally and just getting the products tweaked to what their needs are. And then we had big investors. You know, we had early days. We actually worked with Dell and IBM, uh, Veritas, a lot of a lot of big companies back there. And, you know, we were actually going out and doing builds for them specifically. And so a lot of the partner right. efforts and the integrations were for partners in those ecosystems back then. So I, I focused then, on uh, customers. But one yeah. more thing, Eric, is just yeah. the biggest thing back then to me that led into VMworld was the partner ecosystem because that is the beauty. And it's one of the reasons I've stayed around for so long is that not only do I get to work in, in the positions I've been in with the entire company, but I've been able to work with partners. And I mean, that, that ecosystem going into what became VMworld eventually is what built this company is the ecosystem and the fact that we work so well and with neutrality in a way with several of these companies before Dell and EMC came along. Um, you know, that, that neutrality was there and it still exists today. That's what's great. Yeah, I I remember those days, you know, and when when I joined, right? Uh, definitely, VMware VMware was a neutral player, uh, and even when we came over, Dell was one of the big sponsors, right? And so was HP. Everybody was here. Diane was very neutral. I remember those days. Um, then you know, community showed up. I think you were here at the beginning when the community platform showed up. So there was no social media. There was no community. There was no vExpert program. There was nothing. And you lived through the growth of all of these tools and all of these programs being developed and moved forward. And you're kind of like the, the chief architect for a lot of the programs and tools and technologies that you know have developed to scale out. So I find that interesting. So back to VMworld then. Were you here when there was no VMworld? And what were your memories of the first and first yeah. beginnings of VMworld? That that is a fantastic story. Um, so there was a it was a, an effort, you know, it takes a tribe to, to build something like VMworld. But the, the actual piece came itself from our engineering and R and D because they're working on you know back and I'll, we'll talk about some of the breaking technology that came out in the first VMworld. But it came together as a discussion, even up to Diane and up to the board of like, how do we get out and really talk and thank our customers? And it's, you know, how do we get out into that interactive event? How do we get out and really break out and, and be able to showcase? There was some epic shows in the days, you know, we, and we all know some of the tech shows that have been persistent as long as VMworld. And we saw them, but we also saw a unique opportunity to kind of bring everyone together in the virtualization space, in the IT space, um, you know, and, and really bring people together to kind of showcase what we're doing and how we're going to kind of change and be disruptive. And so we all kind of got together and said, you know, is, you know, how, how open is this? It's going to be a user. The big discussion was this is going to be a user conference for just VMware and really closed off and, and talking about our ecosystem only, or is it going to be an industry right. show? 
and that was a long discussion. So we all got in a room and we're, we're talking through these things. And I, again, I'm not architecting the show. I'm architecting like the idea and, and how we kind of put this together. There was some big players back then who had ideas. But we, I remember one story. We got in a room. This is in uh, 2003. And we're like, you know, what are we going to call this? And then the names came out. And you should see the things that fly out in these, these ideas. I mean, everything. There's open VM and, 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 and you know, we're going to have VM VM this and VM that, and then people were like V World, and then we just basically were all sitting around and kind of going, you know, we just got to we just got to go get some pizza and sit down. Let's just call this thing VM World, and it it didn't stick at first. It was just kind of one of those things we tabled. Um, it didn't make its way up for approval and everything like that. Instead, we just about the three or three of us in marketing all kind of sat down and took the name and just wrote it down, and it became kind of like we kept saying it and saying it and saying it, and then eventually everyone's like, you know what, let's just go with it because we got to lock in a venue. At the same day, we all kind of found out that the first venue was going to be San Diego. And so that's what we did. We took VMworld, we put it in, we got it, we got everything trademarked. We went down, had R&D sign off on how they're going to do their first you know, demos and keynotes and who was going to be the first couple sponsors. And we were off to San Diego. And San Diego had 1,400 people. We expected probably two-thirds of that, maybe half of that. And we ended up with 1,400 people at the first VMworld in San Diego. So in the rest that's of the that's, history. That's, yeah, that. That's that's a great story. I've seen a lot of different companies that have managed to pull that size off, right? Where they they get their first one, they do it, and maybe they get five or six hundred people, or maybe eight hundred people. Jive tends to come to mind when I when I look at that, where they try to spin this up, they get it in a hotel, they they move it forward, uh, but then it it plateaus. Um, what was it like back in those days to work with Diane and Mendel? Like, I know they keynoted for a while. It seems like somehow we made those two rock stars when it came to it. They were so simple and straightforward with regard to what they were presenting. And it wasn't, you know, super glitzy and polishy. It was just those two coming out and talking about the tech, right? Yeah, it was, it was very similar. Um, you know, Diane would introduce the, the idea of what, what our roadmap is, the vision. Uh, very similar. Pat, you know, held that up and taken it to a whole nother level now. Um, but it's the same idea. You know, she'd come out and present the the, the scope and the roadmap and the vision, um, talk about the underlying infrastructure. You know, at that point, um, as everyone knows, one of our biggest reveals back then was vMotion. Um, that came out was like the the king of the hill. I mean, it was everything that wowed people from we did, you know, demo to just introduction of the idea. And it kind of blew the mind away. It was the awesome sauce, right? It was, it was just something that really threw people off. And so Mendo would come out and do the full introduction of the R&D and the underlying technology and break out the demos. And, you know, it was, it was very similar, but they had that rock star status. And behind the scenes, um, you know, very hands-on hands, hands on and hands-off at times because we had heroes across R&D. I mean, it really came from R&D, from ops, from tech ops, from different people pulling off this show. And then, um, you know, marketing has always been technically oriented. So we were right in there uh, writing with the tech writers and putting together all the everything from the labs that, that came on later and, and everything came together from kind of a combination of everyone coming together in these meetings. And Diane would come in and just basically spearhead the idea um, that, that kind of resonated with her and Mendel and they would, they would be very open and share that, but very decisive. There was a lot of times there was, if the decision was made early on, we stuck with it versus today we're a little more agile on that. Um, but those, those things came together and, and, you know, she got, got the right people underneath driving this thing. Um, this thing has had momentum and an upward trajectory all the way through. I don't, haven't really seen, I've heard, but I haven't seen any really disruption in that mo- upward momentum. As you know, now we're up to 23,000, another 10 in Europe. So we're over 30,000 total. I know it, it's just growing right. and every, every year. So, um, 
it hasn't changed the leadership to uh, to growth of attendees. Yeah. Any favorite Diane Green or Mendel stories that come out of uh, VM worlds? I know we'll talk about parties later, but uh, you know, there's it's always fascinating talking to you about the early days and things that happened uh, with with Diane Green and Mendel and you know some of the feedback. You don't have to answer that right now, but you can be thinking about it for one pops into your head. Uh, and then we'll switch gears and talk a little bit about sessions. Um, in the early days, do you remember how many sessions there actually were? Uh, not off the top of my head, Eric. Um, you know, I, I know that they were much more compacted. We had, you know, everything was like really instructor-led from the from the lab side, and I, that didn't start in 2000 right away, 2004. Mm-hmm. But right. the sessions we had many uh, variations of tracks and things over the early years. So I think we only had a couple tracks back then, if I remember right. But don't don't quote me. I can't remember how many sessions we had exactly. Yeah. What, they were uh, to smaller follow- rooms. But let me just remember. Let me just put this in last last couple of shows. I remember from the early uh, and it was San Diego, then it was Vegas in 2005, and then it was to L.A. We went to the L.A. Convention Center in 2006. In 2006. And I remember the, the key, that's when yeah. That's what the, that's the what I joined was, was 2006. Yeah. Is that when you, oh, that was hey, come on. That's right. Yeah. And that was that yeah. was and and again to your earlier point, I've been to every single VMworld, so it's kind of scary. You know, we, we I actually have met a couple of alumni elites. You, you guys know who you are out there. There's a, there's a few of us that have been to every single VMworld, and being to every single one, it becomes real blur. But but going between those venues and going out to Vegas as early as 2005. Um, and then coming back to Moscone later, um, you know, for the, the rest of the 2000 era. Um, but those sessions used to be small as far as like who you could schedule in, but they were overflow. There was like, it was like going to college and doing fast track. If I'm aging myself, but back in the day when there was no registration online, you'd actually go in and try to crash courses. It was like crashing sessions constantly. And I know that happens a little bit today, but, but you're going in and it's just overflow. No one's checking you in. It was just people out the door. Uh, my old colleague Mustafa, he's he's had this, uh, you know, he has vSphere tips and tricks and 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 um, integrations and all these things. And I remember just people down the hallway trying to like look over each other's heads and with their notepads and hey, what did he just say? Run that back, you know. He's just kind of reiterating things as he's walking down the hallway. So these session leaders and session speakers were rock stars as they are today. And it just became this thing where community would break out after sessions and have whiteboard sessions. Um, we didn't have the community. We didn't, you know, the, the tools we have today. We didn't have Facebooks, and we didn't have ways to express video and and take things and and really kind of uh, go out to GitHub and have the source code out there for everyone. I mean, it was really a community effort to kind of face to face was so important as it is today still. But people were just overflowing right. the sessions, and that was the fun was the hallway, the hallway discussions. Even Mendel and Diane would be in the hallway talking to people, um, and and you know all the sessions. In between the sessions were the sessions. That's what was fun. So the networking has just never ended at VMworld. And I remember the sessions being also just a lot of customer sessions, a lot of customers coming in saying how they managed to get X number of VMs running, right, and consolidation ratios. And there was just a lot of here's how to do this because it was all so new and the concept was new that everybody just wanted to hear how other customers had actually accomplished, you know, server consolidation and running, you know, 400 VMs, right, on on gear. So pretty interesting. I remember looking at 10 sessions and they were like one after another, another person's perspective of what they did to create VMs, right? So um, pretty narrow focus, but very right up front what customers are doing. Versus today, it's a little more abstracted. It's new products. It's it's a, a much broader perspective of all the things that you, new technologies and less, I think, just 
customer repeat stories today. But in the day, everybody was in awe in just in what customers were able to do with vMotion. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it was like there was always a problem, a challenge, and then the solution. And it was a very, you know, cause and effect. People came in with these customer solutions and people built off that. So customer stories were, were critical because server consolidation you mentioned, I mean, that's just a throwback to me because it's just been there. It's just something innately in the, you know, everyone's right. consolidating in some way their pools of resources. But it was back then, it was a big solution. And customers were just at VMworld just to tell people how they consolidated these huge rooms into a small stack. So, yeah. So getting, going over to labs, going over to labs for a little bit. Like, so I know in 2006 when I joined, they had labs, but um, labs, like you said, were workshop-based, instructor-led. I don't know when we moved to this lab of self-paced labs where you could come into this big area, get a machine, and just run. I remember the days when it was just individual rooms that you had an instructor and, you know, you raised your hand when you had questions and they talked a little bit about it and then you were using a computer. There was always computer. We moved into this big lab infrastructure and then even cloud environment for labs. Do you remember, you know, how that transpired and how how it grew? And I think you knew some of the people on the lab teams, right? There was somebody yeah. famous that would run all the labs every year for a long time. Well, those names have changed over time, so I don't want to do an injustice to anyone. I mean, there was I, I worked with people like Chris Romano for years who was doing the actual, you know, the lab, the, know the people, know the, the systems, know the code, know what's going on. Um, but the heroes up back in the day, I mean, there was Dino was a guy that I loved. Um, Dino, that was the one. Drew, Drew, Drew was always Drew from around, Texas. right. Yeah, Dino ran labs like like Pablo today, um, and, and some of these names for people on the podcast listening. You know, these are just behind-the-scenes heroes that are running these large teams and these planning and all this large infrastructure. So we moved, um, you know, from in, from basically just instructor to hands-on to all these things. I don't know the exact time transition when that happened. It was the late 2000 going in when Europe started. Um, but we still had that kind of build it, rip it down, build it, rip it down. And we didn't have that cloud. Um, when we moved to Moscone, I think it was around 2010, was when we first had some of that. We built that whole entire, you know, we were bringing it across Moscone and, uh, under, you know, we, the pipe was like just built so that the whole data center could be migrated. And then we moved into this cloud um, architecture. And I remember we were writing with Cisco and, and a couple of, I can't I don't want to drop what, what we were writing. Yeah, yeah, I remember the gear, Cisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We and built storage. out the whole lab and the yeah. data center, yeah, around that. So it was, you know, and there was actually a big hiccup where labs were, were you know, there were some faults. There was some actually stalls and people were having latency and all kinds of problems where it even brought it to a halt at that for certain those short periods of time. It was an interesting learning curve. I think it was actually a great lesson for everyone, not just it was frustration in, in some ways for some people experience it for the moment, but we got through it. Um, and it just was just another evolution and that we brought us to a whole other scalability that we then took it over to Europe and we have this now year round, you know, uh, the, the whole lab cloud is now what exists today. And it's actually running so well, so good with so many new products that are leading, you know, just every year from NSX on board now. And now we're going to have sessions around it, the AWS class with AWS. I mean, all these things coming into the lab so easily and so scaled out that people sometimes go to VMworld and they realize they don't have to spend all their time in labs because it's, a, it's, it's an offering that they can get during online, on demand sometimes. And it, it helps. Um, yeah, I, you know, think, I think it was research. I think it was Right, 2012, where we had a, the final lab catastrophe 
I would call it, in one of the VM roles. I think it was around 2012 where you know we, we built this whole infrastructure and the mode up until then was build the lab infrastructure and then at the end of VMworld, tear it all down. And then next year, two weeks before VMworld, whenever we leased the Moscone, we had to build it all back up again. They had one week to get all the infrastructure ready for labs and they ran it all on site at the event. And somewhere when they built it all up, they had issues because they were they were running, I think, vRealize automation, which was called something else before earlier than that. Um, that all kind of crashed during the show, and there were long lines, and we were giving away beer in the lines uh, to to deal with the, the problems that were in this build the infrastructure a week before and then tear it all down when we after. And we made that decision then that we were going to keep labs the infrastructure the same and have it pre-built and keep it online and keep it running. And we went, we thought about it. We thought, you know, as long as we're building this infrastructure, that's going to be up all year long. Why don't we make labs available online? And Pablo was working on, uh, that idea. And we shifted to that idea being the lab environment. And then it, the labs kind of drifted into the cloud, and it became all self-service, bring your own device, B-O-Y-D, to labs. Yeah, the hotspots. And, yeah, labs kind of took on. And we, we actually got away from instructor-led for a couple years there. And then sometime around 2014 or 15, it dawned on us. There, you know, we got feedback that people really liked the hands-on, the instructor-based labs. And so we can, now we kind of have hybrid of that, right, where we run, you know, 100. I heard the number because we were trying to give away Amazon Echoes to all the instructor-based labs this year as, you know, part of our Amazon, you know, initiatives. Um, there's over 110 uh, instructor-led labs this year going on with labs, which is a pretty high number now. So pretty interesting there, that shift from cloud to instructor-led cloud hybrid, and that's where we are today, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's yep. um, yeah. <laughs> definitely hybrid. So, so other things that I think that are important that I know you work on, let's talk a little bit about the the VMworld blog, right? Because I think you guys have now spun up a new VMworld blog that you yeah. and Elsa have been working on. Yeah, so, so our team, our team is obviously year over year, and we, we could talk even, Eric, a little bit about how the evolution of our team has worked in with, we even had virtual conference in the middle there for people as another offering. But, um, you know, this show has come full steam. And, and the, the VMworld team, last week you had Linda and team, uh, and Nikki was on there. Um, so they're, you know, they're running the core uh, communications. A lot of things are coming out through the blog, and our team is, is really involved in the social thread, so the community push within that and social. So this year we rolled out some new, um, new tools to kind of make it easier. Uh, we've kind of consolidated with the VMworld blog, bringing that blog post as things go up. I know people need to kind of be informed and subscribed on a weekly basis of what's going on leading into the show. We brought our social elements into that same um, piece. So on WordPress there, you can actually find new things on the blog. We've um, done social media, obviously, year over year, like how do you connect and what channels to follow, tips and tricks and all that. But obviously the bloggers are there, so we're now we're aggregating blogs and we're talking about the bloggers list, who are official bloggers. You can find all that information on the blog. Um, you can actually get visualizations around social media activity, what's going on now. If you want to go out there, we actually put up some new interactive visualizations for a map. You can see on a global map, you can actually see who people on Twitter are talking about VMworld-related topics, and you can interact on these maps. You can actually find a stream of updates from mentions across VMworld to get excited about all the things going on leading up to the show as well as during the show, um, and then the, the VMware updates as well, things coming from our team directly on products and, and, and facts and figures you should know going into the show. You can find that all there as well. Um, and then 
there's a video hub, so you can get uh, as we bring out updates on from YouTube and other video sources, we're going to bring that in. We're actually going to live stream, and um, that takes me to another thing I'll tell you about another destination you should all follow. But uh, so there's a live stream uh, widget for our tech talks as we were talking about early, and also interviews with our um, kind of broadcast studio there that are doing interviews with execs on the floor. So we'll have live streams there, um, the recorded archives, and then you also have links in if you can't find general session live streams and you can't find session replays. We'll have links to all that after the show. Video Hub is really important there. So the big page that everyone wanted actually went live yesterday, and there's a reason it kind of got delayed. Now I want to speak. There's actually a big shout out needed to a lot of the community members. I know a few uh, particular members have been tracking all the parties and all the events going on. So you mentioned earlier the gatherings. There's been a lot of effort, and I want to say it's. You know, it takes the whole community to really, you know, build these off unofficial events and get that out there. And everyone kind of likes to put their schedule together because schedule builders went live a couple weeks ago. You know, so you want to be able to plan your other evening events, meetups, parties, and all that. So the earlier the better. So we we wait till we get the most information and we can. We bring it together an official list that went out yesterday. It's also from the VMworld blog. There's a link there. You you'll find if you're on Twitter, it went out pretty viral yesterday. Um, but it's it's something that you're going to go out and put in your schedule. You know, what are you doing on Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night? Um, what are you doing and during the day? There's actually activities that you can add in there from daytime activities and morning bee breakfast. Uh, but I would say, you know, there, I could pick apart like recommended things I think that uh, are a must go, must not miss kind of thing. But I, I'm going to leave it open to the community and, and let them decide what they want to go do. Every year that becomes part of their schedule building and pretty excited. So. All that is available if you go to blogs.vmware.com slash vmworld, you'll get landing on the blog, and then you can go to slash gatherings or slash video or slash social media, and all that's right there from the blog. So have at it. And then what you also want to know is Katie, who was on the line earlier, she and I are working with, uh, you know, kind of doing a takeover on our VMTN homepage. So Katie's going to be launching that. I think there's some information out there now starting today. Um, so congrats getting that out there, Katie. Um, there's going to be a roll-up of all the activity that are community-related, so everything from blogs, video, um, you know, resources for getting involved with tech talks, signing up for our podcasts, um, how do we you know, find resources that are involved with social media community, how do you connect, and how do we really find that pulse of what do I need to do this week versus next week, and so on. So we'll start to kind of trickle that into this is the actual homepage there. If you haven't been to our communities page, it's communities.vmware.com. And all the uh, the VMTN network um, is going to be branded there. You're going to find all the traditional forums. If you want to dive down into traditional forums and talk to people, it's one of the best places off online and leading to offline discussions, of course. But um, use the forums out there. But uh, the front page is going to be a takeover, and that's where you're going to find probably the most relevant just for the community here, um, what's going on going into VMworld. And during the week of the show, Go there for the latest, you know, live information, and that's where we're going to have a little bit of takeover. Mm -hmm. So two places you should remember. Again, I'll say it one more time: blogs.vmware.com/vmworld. That's the VMworld blog, and communities.vmware.com is our VMTN takeover. Yeah, those are your merchandise. Yes. Say again. What? Someone asked a question no, on there. I didn't didn't catch that. Can't, can't. So, hold on. Okay. Um, does some, does, some, does, somebody does, have a somebody have a oh, wait, somebody what? have a question? Somebody have a question? I think we were breaking up someone there. Nope. We'll give them two more seconds. No, nope, guess not. All right. Uh, yeah. So so reiterating blogs.vmware.com/vmworld. Great resource. It's our VMworld blog. 
and you know, the tabs there get, get you into social communities, the uh, the events, the gatherings that are happening. Gatherings always a big one, and then during the show, vmworld.com. I'm uh, sorry, communities.vmworld.com. Um, is is the place to go during the show because we're going to take that over and we got all the VMTN stuff happening at the show that we're going to be covering, right? Yeah, and we'll keep up all the top resources you need, whether it's you know links to Schedule Builder, links to mobile app. Um, for those that are wondering, and I know it hasn't been much talk about that yet, the mobile app, we're working closely with that team. We're going to have a lot of social media community integrations in there. So a lot of things we talked about will be there as well. The mobile app will go live with iOS and um, Google Play, Android. That'll go out probably the week before the show. Um, so look for that in a couple weeks. Um, that should be online and, and in communication, so you should get plenty of time to get the download of the mobile app if you're attending. But if you're not attending and you're just listening to this podcast, all the things we mentioned earlier are there for you. Definitely you can you can watch the show from afar. And Eric, maybe I'll let you tell a little bit, but tell them about Beams and, and some of the community here again. I think if they missed the last couple podcasts, what are we doing with Beams? Yeah, so there's a, there's a couple things that you know that are going on in the VMTN booth. Um, one is the Beams. So we're, we have signups for Beams. Beams are the virtual robots that drive around the VMworld village. This time we're going to try to enhance the networking capability of the Beams. We got upgrades for our Beams so that uh, they should be able to drive all the way around the village. And what you can do is basically come in on a virtual robot. So if you can't make VMworld, you can sign up to use a Beam and drive around the VM village where they have the uh, experts. Uh, they have We have all the communities, all the bloggers, all the VMTN tech talks are going to be there. Uh, and you can basically come in, say hello, and drive around for an hour. So we're scheduling beams. I think we're going to have three beams there all, all during the show hours that you can come in, schedule, uh, beam around, say hello, meet people, and it's just fun, right? So it's kind of a neat thing to do. We're going to have the three beams there again this year, and we've upgraded them so that they should drive all the way around the village if we're lucky so you can do the loop and go check out other people's uh, booths and uh, just engage. So we did it last year. It was very popular. Um, we had networking issues, so you could only go about 200 yards before you kind of ran out of network networking capability. So we fixed that, and uh, those will be there. The other thing that we're doing that's pretty interesting is we have the podcast booth. So if you want to record a podcast, um, it's always been challenging for people to come and record during a show because there's never a quiet place. So we're actually building full roof walls and roof uh, podcast booths with a window so people can see you from outside. And it, they, they seat four people so you can bring your laptop in as long as you have a microphone. You can record yourself. You can use TalkShoe if you want. Uh, we're not going to provide the gear, but we do have the rooms and you can actually schedule the rooms. So both of the scheduling for both the Beams and the podcast booths are on the VMTN community page. So you can go to the VMTN community page, and there's a document there that you can go in and just edit and put yourself in. So uh, we encourage uh, everybody that wants to record to you know go in there. I think there's plenty of – I think we have – one of the podcast booths starting to fill up, and the second one is completely empty for all the time slots available for the show. So get over there and schedule yourself some time and get some of your community buddies and you know record a record a podcast. Yeah, you know, Eric, that's that's something I wanted to iterate out to the community. So, so these podcasts are great. Everyone has personal, you know, they want to pick up things for their own work or they have podcasts they they kind of plan to do. But 
impromptu. I'd love to see more panels. Um, you know, I, I threw that idea out to our team, but you know, there's so many rock stars that are around that would love to you know have personalities out there and share information. So I really encourage everyone to go in and schedule some podcast time. Um, you know, if you don't have the equipment, you know, collaborate with your colleagues and, and see if you can pull that together. But um, we definitely would love to see some people get together and talk, you know, experiences like we're doing here today on the podcast. You know, what what strikes you as new this year and, and great information, past, present, future, those things work as well. Just anything to talk about community. I know it's been done, so let's just do more of that. Um, it works very well, and we love to hear it from each other. I, I think one of the biggest things I can give feedback, you know, everyone talks about, you know, what shoes to wear, comfortable shoes, drink lots of water, blah, 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 don't go to too many parties. But also remember, everyone's there. Um, this is such an epic event. Like, you know, year over year, you get the, more than most industry shows I've been to. I mean, people do come together year over year at this show, and a lot of people are online really closely following. So, you know, everyone's out there. Take a minute to get away from your sessions and your schedule and, and leave some time, leave some gap time to go to the BM Village and hang out. Go to whatever kind of hangout space you can find at the Emerald and bring people together. Um, do a podcast. Do some handshakes. Um, don't just, you know, DM and follow each other on Twitter, but but actually get out there and, yep. and do some discussions. That's that's where the like I, we were talking about hallway sessions. The sessions happen between the sessions, so that's that's what I encourage. Hey, hey, and then get me. on the get on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. We have a question from somebody on chat who wants to do an audio question, so we'll see if he can. We'll give him some pause time here. See if, if Porter Delon, are yes, you on the call? Porter De, Porter De Leon. Hey, I just wanted to give a big shout De out Leon. to you. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Thank you, the whole team over there at ZM. We're getting the podcast booth in. I was actually socializing it today. So speaking in tech, you might have Melissa there, cloudcast.net, CTO advisor. Um, they're all very excited about the podcast booths um, and just wanted to give a big thanks um, and just check and see if there's going to be any kind of social around the people who are going to be podcasting there and see if there's sort of any promotion of you know the, the podcast area uh, or maybe that's already happened. Hey, that's a, that's that's good. That's a good idea. No, we have not built a social outbound for the podcasters uh, that are already on the schedule, but we could do that. That's a great idea. Um, we run all kind of campaigns. Tommy Berry um, is on the call right now, as a matter of fact, and uh, me and Tommy sit around and figure out what we want to do social outbound during the show. Um, since we have that list, why not? That would be a great idea, and we could maybe even get some people in the booth to watch people that are recording. So, Tommy, that's a, something to take note of. I think it would be great for us to take a look at that schedule and figure out you know, how to promote the podcasts that are happening. We might even want to edit the schedule to say what's the URL for the podcast, where is it going to be hosted, and when, so that we would know when to promote it. Because we could try to promote it live during the time you're recording, but that's probably not when you're going to be um, uh, publishing, right? Yeah, so we'd I, need put a, to I put a link on the on the chat there, Eric. But there is a we do have a podcast page. We we probably will be a combination between the homepage on the the VMTN community's homepage as well as in our podcast page. Um, there's a URL underneath communities there. That we'll probably you know handpick those that want to kind of voluntarily put their 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 podcast recording up, and we can do some prod, some showcase of some of those podcasts. So um, we'll evangelize that internally and then get out kind of a plan. I think like you said, we'll get some social program around that. But uh, we'll definitely yeah, have that's time actually, on, on site. That's actually a really good point, Tony, which is a lot of people that are podcasters, we should go back and uh, loop back to them and let them know about the communities.vmware.com uh, podcast page because the podcast page now just doesn't talk about our podcast. It lists maybe 10, 15 different podcasts there. So if you're a podcaster and you have a podcast, you can – you can just go in there and send us mail. I think it describes how to do that. 
and we will actually add your podcast into that feed so that other VMware ecosystem people can can find about find your podcast. Yeah, supporter definitely find find us at the uh, the VMTN community area out there, and we'll uh, we'll all be there in numbers. Um, we'll find a way, and we can kind of collaborate while we're there. Use you absolutely kind of. Uh, I know. I know a CTO advisor. He's there all the time, and, and we'll be. Uh, he's actually going to be at the Cube, I think, doing hosting. If I'm correct, or maybe incorrect there, but he's usually on there doing a, anchoring some of that as well. So there's going to be a lot of video activity as well as podcasts. So we'll we'll definitely be there to, to promote as much as we can. And and to some degree, uh, Katie, what we can do is just go look at who's registered for the for the podcast, uh, and then reach out to them and make sure that we've got their information so that we can market their podcasts because one of our jobs is to just market the community people, right? And what they're doing and the podcast page we've put in what we know about, but I think that that podcast signup sheet will be a good way for us to, to know who to reach out to, to be able to figure out when their podcast is going out, what URL they're using, and then uh, put them up on our page as well as Tommy can do some outbound marketing for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So amplification yeah. of all yeah. this stuff, just, just tell everyone, bring the masses into the community area. Uh, we're all going to be there and, you know, Monday through Wednesday and Thursday, great time to sit there and uh, we can strategize about anything that we can really improve on, but um, we're always there to work together. Um, you know, that's, that's something I would love to hear feedback after this podcast, you know, whether it's through our team direct to our team directly or just anyone else, just things that you really feel right. are the valuable things that, that are not talked about. You know, where, where are the areas you're hanging out during the show? We always try to bring everyone into what used to be the hang space, now the VM village. We love people to come there because that's where that's where our work gets done um, in between sessions and labs and, and keynotes and all that. But then everyone's off-site because you know, we're going to Barcelona, of course, again this year, and that's a very, very distant, uh, you know, spread out campus. And so uh, get, getting people together and finding out where people really get effectively um, their hangout time done, you know, where people network is, is right. at the party sometimes. So, uh, and, 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 and in Europe, yeah. In, in, justice, in, in Europe, we should. Europe, Go ahead. In Europe this year, we have a, a VMTN booth, and this year we've got a better location. So, and we have all the VMTN sessions in Schedule Builder. So we're hoping to get more people through VMTN and through the community area and the blogger tables this time in Europe. So we've always been spotty on how many Europeans come through our area and how much we engage with them. So this year we're hoping to do better. Yeah, absolutely. So I, we, we're okay, short on so, time here a little bit, Eric. I mean, yeah. one thing just to kind of throw out is we're talking about the history. You know, there's not time to go back and go into too much more detail. But, you know, this 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 push that we've had across Europe, I want everyone to realize that we're now hitting the 10-year in Europe. I don't know if that's a, kind of a momentous thing everyone needs to realize this year, too, going out to Europe. But, um, you know, so I think it's 24 VMworlds now for me. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's not about me, you, or anyone else. It's about this whole ecosystem that we've come together. We've all been through several VMworlds. Europe, um, last week Linda talked about the location, you know, it's not about the venue either. It's about, you know, everyone coming together and, and every year it continues to get bigger. So um, lots of memories. I would love to see more people blogging about, you know, their, their experiences. And when you come to the show, sharing some of that. Um, I'm actually pulling out the archives finally after years and years and years of everyone asking, pulling out the archives and looking back at some of these great videos. So I'm going to start sharing some stuff from the past that I think is not just fun and, and fun and entertainment, but also educational for the future of what it was, where we're going, and really just step back and thank the community for being involved in all that. So everyone out there, you know, anything you can share, throwback Thursdays, you know, blogs, and just coming to the show with stories, that storytelling, you know, as we're now entering 10 years in Europe as well as, you know, 
you know, the 14 years here in the U.S. It's it's just an incredible experience. So so thank you for uh, our team for for enduring with all these uh, promotions through all this time. But um, really to the community, just you know, keep it keep it going strong, and we'll see you at the Emerald. So Tony Dunn, you have probably more followers than all of us. Even if you added me and Corey Romero together, I think you're still over 10,000 followers. How do people follow you? What are you on Twitter? Yeah, well, my my Twitter handle is Tony Dunn with the underscore in between. So Tony underscore Dunn. Um, T O N Y underscore D U N N. Correct. Yeah, and. Right. We're probably the most active. You can find the gatherings. I just put that out yesterday. That stuff's out there. But yeah, connect with me on Twitter. Um, you know, everyone loves to promote themselves, but I, I think you know, as a whole, our team's not about followers. None of us have the followers that you typically find when some of these really influencers out there. To me, it's not ever about followers. It's about you know how big your your impact is, and that's about the community itself. So get out there, and uh, whether you have ten followers or not even on Twitter. You know, there's so many more ways to connect these days. Um, you know, a lot of us are even on Instagram these days. Or, you know, shutter that we're outside of anything non-technical. But, but a lot of people are out there even using you know edge kind of materials and, and social. So social is changing now. It's becoming the DNA. It's becoming a skill, a PowerPoint skill for everyone. You know, so it's out there. So follow me, follow Eric, follow everyone on our team. Um, but, but definitely, you know, get involved with other new forms of social media. That's, I can't and, and kind of interject that enough. There's going to be a lot of new ways to, to kind of, and that's some sessions we'll actually talk about in future roadmap. How do we get involved in the next generation of social? And that's a good topic, Eric, actually for a podcast, Sam. Next generation of social, where are things going? How do we use Twitter differently? How do we use communities differently and stuff like that? So, well, and we're actually seeing the re- resurgence of podcasts too, right? I mean, podcasts. There's actually a lot of people now doing podcasts, which is which is also great, right? Instagram followers, even our executives are looking at it now. So, yep, to your point, um, they can find you on Twitter, but uh, might be able to find you other places. And I know you're a modest guy. I know you 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 want to promote the community, which is what you do. But also, we just want to say thanks for you know 16 years of behind the scenes. All the channels, you manage all the channels, you, you create all the Twitter handles, you get branding done on all these channels, all the YouTube channels, you manage all of those. And we get you interns, we get you some help now and then, but you know, many, many late nights by Tony Dunn to make all the infrastructure available for everybody that uh, engages on these channels. So, so Tony Dunn, thanks a lot. Well, thanks, Eric. Good. It takes a lot of us to get it done, but um, appreciate it. Appreciate it. And you're and you're going to be you're going to be you're going to be at both VM Worlds, so people can come find you and say hello and follow you. And you'll be in the community booth a lot of the time this year. And uh, you also run the big board screen. So uh, thanks for doing all yeah. that too. Yeah, watch for uh, watch for a lot of improvements in the digital screens this year, from the mobile app to just screens as you're walking around. We've got a lot of new intelligence, a lot of new AI kind of quasi-AI kind of experience, but there's going to be a lot of things that are going on just to bring you more experience through the digital side of the show. So look forward to that. Um, and if you see me in the hallway, say hi. I'll be at the lounge a lot there in the community space, but I'll also be walking around with Eric and everyone else. Um, let's talk stories. Grab me. Let's have some yeah. time. Let's grab a coffee and let's talk stories. Uh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for everybody uh, joining us on this Friday. Uh, vacation time is now over for us, so we should be back here next week. We're going to try to get William Lamb and Alan Renouf to come talk about uh, their, their, their lab setups for the hackathon. We bought, I think, $22,000 of gear this year to do the hackathons. Uh, Ten teams, lots of interesting stuff. Um, 
Their setup itself is pretty cool. So we bought the gear from CDW. So if you're interested in setting up your home lab, we're going to try to bring them in next week, talk a little bit about the, the gear that they're setting up and how they're doing that, as well as the training sessions for the four different tracks for the, the hackathon, hackathon itself. And as Katie points out, there is still room uh, in the hackathon. I think there's only like maybe 40 or 50 people registered so far. If you're a VMware employee, you can't book the hackathon. So you have to actually uh, go to a Google Doc that we've set up for VMware employees because it turns out VMware employees can't use Schedule Builder to book into the hackathon. So you have to actually go in through a different uh, scheduling mechanism. But for all all external people, you can go register for the hackathon and uh, we'll try to get William and Alan on next week. Till then, I hope you guys all have a good week and we'll see you again next week hitting the big... End button now.